All right, Jimmy, are you ready for this? I am ready. Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. It's time to pop up podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to You Activated My Podcast, the weekly Yu-Gi-Oh! recap podcast. My name is Tyler. I'm Jimmy. And today, we're going to be talking about Season 1, Episode 7, Attack from the Deep. Attack from the Deep. Every fucking time. Uh, yeah, I I really enjoyed this episode. I don't know how you felt about it. It was pretty good. It was, it was pretty one good. one of the it better ones good. that I've seen. Yeah, we're introduced to uh, Mako Tsunami, who is... Uh, I wonder what his shtick could be. We'll have some thoughts about hmm. later. Uh, but before we get into that... It's, it's time, time for news. Uh, Jimmy, did you realize that this last week, April 4th, was the 20th anniversary of Yu-Gi-Oh! as a cartoon? I did not know that. So it's not the version that we were watching, season no. season one, but season zero is the collectively what it's called. Mysterious season zero, uh, based it, off the, the manga that I've been reading. Right, yeah. So the original Toei animation of Yu-Gi-Oh! is 20 years old as of uh, the 4th, so I think that would have been Wednesday. Um... Yeah, so a lot of people on Twitter are using the Yu-Gi-Oh! hashtag, uh, just hashtag Yu-Gi-Oh! No, like, uh, exclamation mark or... or, or Yu-Gi-Oh! Hyphenation. Uh, and they are posting memories of Yu-Gi-Oh! and Yu-Gi-Oh! cosplay and all sorts of things. Um, so what I want to do real quick just to celebrate the 20th anniversary of Yu-Gi-Oh! is I, I want to talk about our uh, favorite Yu-Gi-Oh! memories so far. I don't know if you have any. <laughs> I think uh, I think my favorite is maybe doing this show and convincing you to do this show with me. That uh, that would be a pretty good memory, yeah. I, I think I think that's the thing that like Yu-Gi-Oh has really brought to my life. I'm very thankful for. Oh, thank you, Tyler. Uh, I'm glad I could. Uh, I'm glad I could do this with you. And I'm glad I could torture you with this. Uh, this children's this children's card anime. game show. Yeah. Uh, do you have any any Yu-Gi-Oh uh, um, cherished memories? My favorite cherished memory was going to see the movie with you Yay. in theaters, and there were only like six other people in the whole theater. <laughs> we didn't really talk about that, did no. we? No. Yeah. So in the theater, watching uh, the the four K remastered uh, Yu-Gi-Oh the movie colon Pyramid of Light, uh, I think I think I counted. There were what nine people in the theater, Something including us. That. Yeah. Uh, and I. I really wanted to see if I could convince those other eight people or seven people to record an intro with us to the podcast. Uh, but you talked me out of it, which I think was a good call. Yeah, being alone in a darkened theater and <laughs> someone comes up and says, hey, you want to record the intro to my podcast? I really wanted, You're going to call the police I on this person. I just wanted everyone <laughs> in the theater to shout, it's time, in unison. And I thought that would have been pretty cool, but maybe I'm wrong. I think we have very different definitions of what constitutes cool. I mean, this was my idea, so I think we've proven that. Uh, yeah, uh, no, I agree. I think seeing the movie was really cool. Um, yeah, I, I enjoyed I, it. Yeah, I, I enjoy that like, Yu-Gi-Oh! has remained popular enough over the last 20 years that we can do this to, you know, have fun. Because uh, I think if it wasn't as popular as it is, it wouldn't be. Yeah, no, I go into game stores... And they're still got all kinds of like Yu-Gi-Oh displays and little pins and stuff you can get and cards yeah. and they're making new rules and tournaments and are happening all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yu-Gi-Oh Duel Links, you know, all sorts of things. 
So, uh, yeah. Anyway, happy 20th anniversary, Yu-Gi-Oh. Uh, if you have Yu-Gi-Oh uh, comments or cherished memories, uh, I'll drop the plug now. You can go to our website. It's tyler.game slash Y-A-M-P. Uh, or welcome to flavor.town slash Y-A-M-P. Uh, I haven't registered a you activated my podcast domain yet because I haven't really decided what I want it to be. Uh, I, I kind of want the it suffix. to suffix. Yeah. Like, like, yeah. Like the, the whatever dot com or dot game or dot like shadow dot games sounds really cool, but I don't think that's free. That that would probably be someone's probably already got that. That's maybe too serious. You should probably look too. Like I really want, I really want to do like a, it's time to podcast. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, so anyway, you can go to our website or, uh, go to Apple podcasts and leave a comment on this episode. Um, if you leave a comment on Apple podcasts that helps more people find out about us, blah, 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 blah. You know, the podcast spiel. Somebody outside had a really weird break noise just then. I, I think don't know that's that a garbage truck or something. Oh, it must be. Uh, anyway, uh, Jimmy, you have been reading more of the source material. Is that right? Yes, I have. Where are we at? I am at a really, I, I just finished reading one of my, it's actually a two parter, uh, issue where I think it's. One of my favorite issues that we've done so far, even more than Kaiba's Torture Dungeon. Really? Yes. Okay. Do you remember oh that period of time for like a summer and a, f- a couple of months in the late 90s when the coolest thing you could have is yo-yos? Yes. God, yes. That lasted way too long for me. <laughs> well, there's an entire two-part issue that firmly cements Yu-Gi-Oh! as having taken place in the late 90s because... There's a whole issue dedicated to the hot new game in town, which is yo-yos, which, again, is not really a game, yeah. but whatever. Okay. I've got a whole paper here. Oh, boy. Yeah. So it starts off just as it did in our uh, elementary school, uh-huh. where everyone is like showing off their new yo-yos and doing cool yo-yo tricks, and Joy walks up to Yugi and company. I'm gonna, okay. In our and I like how you said in our elementary school. Uh, well, my elementary in school. your elementary school because I'm picturing myself. I was homeschooled, so I'm picturing yeah, myself in my backyard with a yo-yo. You, okay, you were exposed <laughs> to this because I was wondering and I was going to ask you if you were even aware that this was a thing. But oh, I'm absolutely, glad you know what the heck yeah. I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah. So anyway, continue. Though I guess it is more of a homeschool a thing to be memory. really into yo-yos. Like thinking back on it, right? Like I'm amazed it took off as much as it did. Anyway. <laughs> So Joey shows off his cool yo-yo tricks, uh-huh. which is b- just doing walking the dog, except he's, he's calling it uh, Parade the Pooch. And they're uh-huh. like, that's not a new trick. That's just walking the dog. And he's like, hey, shut up. Um, anyway, everyone's going like, yeah, cool, yo-yos. And then there's this other kid in their class who's like, yeah, I hate yo-yos. And they're like, why would anyone hate yo-yos? And as it turns out, this kid was beaten up by a yo-yo gang. A bunch of kids, a bunch of real shady characters who run around with yo-yos and use them kind of like bolos, like swinging them around and hit you with. No. And they're like using these like how uh, like a 50s gang would use like uh, switchblades or something. You know, you pull your switchblade out. These kids, they pull their yo-yos out and they're like, you better watch out. Uh, for the audio listeners at home, that was Jimmy making a bunch of flailing arm <laughs> motions and dropping his piece of paper. And dropping my notes about the yo-yo show. 
uh, anyway, here's a choice quote from Yugi about this. That's awful. Yo-yos aren't supposed to hurt people. And so uh, true. Uh, true facts from Yugi. Yugi and uh, Joey and company set off to find these kids and like punish them for beating people up with yo-yos. And as you, um, Joey says, this, this is probably my favorite quote since um, 25 Ravenous Dragons. Those who laughed at yo-yos will cry at yo-yos. <laughs> this is verbatim. I wrote it down so I would remember that's the exact quote that he says. No, Those who you. laughed at yo-yos that's will so cry at yo-yos. <laughs> So what is what is he proposing to do? He's going to go beat up a yo-yo gang with a yo-yo? Yes, that's exactly what he is proposing to do. And that's what I set off to do, to protect this kid and like get revenge for their yo-yo attacks. What? So anyway, uh, they follow this kid to, surprise, surprise, an abandoned warehouse. And they recognize it from an earlier issue where Joey's old gang used to hang out. Uh-huh. And it turns out it was a setup by this kid who has actually been working for Joey's old gang boss, who's we last saw uh, getting electrocuted by a taser oh, in some standing water. That guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah that guy. Okay. Well, anyway, um, like continuing the theme that shadow games don't actually teach these people any lessons whatsoever, he's back I... and he's still trying to get Joey in to join his game, or to join his gang. Uh, and the yo-yo, they're, like, just super into yo-yos now? Okay. I don't know why he's, like, so into having Joey back. I mean, because he doesn't want to cry by the yo-yo, I, I guess. <laughs> I I ship it. So, <laughs> so, like, okay, so wait a second. So this is, like, a hardcore, like, gang of teens. Yeah. Who at one point were into physical violence. Oh, yeah. And now they're into yo-yos. Now they're into physical violence ah, through the medium of yo-yos. I see. I see. Okay. Because I was picturing like, oh, we are actually like sophisticated. Like violence is behind us. We no, do no. sweet yo-yo tricks. They, they see uh, yo-yos sweeping the nation of Japan and they're like, we need to get in on this. Gotcha. But using them to like hit people with. See, the thing... The issue that I have with that is, have you ever tried to hit somebody with a yo-yo? It's difficult. Yeah, it's difficult. Like, the getting there is fine, but the return is is weird. And I'm, I'm, I'm realizing things about my childhood now <laughs> as I try to explain this uh, uh, to my sister, Taylor, and I apologize <laughs> retroactively for something that happened 14 years ago. Did you hit your sister in the face with a yo-yo? Not in the face. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I'm just picturing like this like hardened gang of thieves and ruffians like practicing yo-yo tricks in a warehouse until they get good enough to like hit people with their yo-yos. <laughs> like man, like a training montage. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, so uh, the 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 our our friends, our heroes, are surrounded by this yo-yo gang on all uh -huh. sides because uh -huh. it was a setup. They just jump in from the shadows sure. and they're like whipping their yo-yos the around. yo-yo gang, as yeah. everyone knows. Like a the gang of ninjas would like attack. whip their swords around or right. something. So um, the boss guy lowers the same hook that he was uh, hanging Joey on the last time we saw him when he had Joey captive. Oh, okay, as they were, sure. Like they were like stringing up and and yep. like beating him up as he was hanging there. Yep. 
So he lowers this industrial hook down from the ceiling and grabs a Millennium Puzzle and starts strangling Yugi with it. What? And he's like, all right, Joey, join my gang or your friend is going to die. Uh-huh. And so Joey says, no, I'll never join your gang. I'll, I'll, I'll fight Yugi for my die. friend. Okay. And so he like, like, in slow motion, like crawls through all the blows of these yo-yos raining down on him. And he gets over to Yugi and like lifts him up on his shoulders so he doesn't freaking die oh there in this abandoned warehouse. He survived the pain of a thousand yo-yos. Yep, he survives the, the yo-yo gauntlet, if you oh will, my God. and finally uh, rescues Yugi and is like, all right, Yugi, I'll get us out of this. Give me your Millennium Puzzle. And so he, uh, he grabs a Millennium Puzzle. Yes, I can see your what? face and exactly the, what you're no. thinking of happened. He starts whipping the, the Millennium Puzzle around and like Sam a yo-yo. He takes the ring. Oh, like, wait, what? Yeah. Oh, did you think he was going to become the pharaoh? Yeah. Oh, that would have been way Wait, more awesome. What happens? No, he just starts whipping it around in a circle, like forming this shield, oh. and like all these guys are trying to hit them with their yo-yos, oh. but the yo-yos get tangled up around the whirring millennium puzzle, and so uh, they can't hit anyone with their yo-yos anymore, and so Joey then goes, "Hey, watch this," and like grabs all the yo-yos and puts them on the same hook and presses a button, and all the gangsters are, like, strung up by their fingers dangling from the yo-yos on the hook. they take yo-yos off? I guess not. They anyway, they get okay. free, right. and um, uh, the gang starts chasing out. They split up. The gang starts chasing after Yugi. The boss man starts chasing after Joey uh -huh. because he wants his revenge. Uh, and Yugi challenges the game to a shadow game, of course. Right. Uh, on top of... Though they run out onto the warehouse roof and it's like corrugated iron. And he like challenges to the shadow game. Last one standing on the roof wins. Meanwhile, uh, Joey starts getting in a fist fight with the boss on a, a different roof. And um, Yugi pulls out his own yo yo and transforms into the pharaoh and starts like running in circles around the, this gang. Like, and with the yo yo, you know, in video games when you like take your gun out and you shoot it at the floor and like fall through. That's basically what he's doing with the yo-yo. He's yo-yoing holes in this like busted ass what? iron roof. Oh, cause of course it's like a magical like Pharaoh yo-yo at this point. Yeah. The it's laws imbued of with the, <laughs> the Pharaoh yo. And um, mm. he just punches all these holes until it's like Swiss cheese and the whole gang falls down. Uh, into the, the floors below okay. and is uh -huh. presumably knocked unconscious or whatever. Yeah, Meanwhile, fucking killed. Getting to the best part of this. Oh, okay. Joey is still in the fist fight with the with gang the boss. boss. Uh -huh. And so they're, they're punching each other, fighting left and right. And finally, he gets one final like punch to the head and the boss skids off the roof and is hanging on for dear life. It's a real, like, Scar, brother, save me moment. <laughs> and Joey walks up to his old boss, uh -huh. and he pulls out his yo-yo, and he walks the dog onto the <laughs> boss's fingers, and he falls 20 feet. <laughs> and that's the end of the issue. Let's end this with Please. a final quote from okay. Yugi. Okay, yep. You don't aim yo-yos at people. You aim them at the ground. Think about that in the hospital. <laughs> finally, 
<laughs> Finally, something useful for children to It's the world's longest yo-yo safety PSA. You don't aim yo-yos at people, Tyler. You don't aim yo-yos at people. Like you could have started there. <laughs> like you don't. <laughs> and, and of course... You know, the 10-year-old the who's reading this will find himself three years from now in a gang fight and be tempted to aim his yo-yo at people. <laughs> but he'll remember the wise words of Yugi, who once said, don't aim yo-yos at people. <laughs> okay, so yeah, he'll, he'll aim so his yo-yo at the ground, <laughs> and so the people he's fighting fall through the floor. So please, please, okay, I need to know. <laughs> this last shot where... Joey is walking the dog across this dude's fingers. Parading the pooch. Is it is it shown like one finger at a time, or is it just kind of an all at once thing? It's shown I'm from one finger at a time, like like a like a cartoon. Like he's hanging on by his pinky at the end. I think it's only in like one frame, but there is uh-huh. a shot of like Joey like walking up, and uh-huh. the camera is low to the ground with his showing his feet from behind okay. as the yo yo gets closer and closer to his oh fingers. My God. And then the next shot is it hitting his hand, and he falls, no, into the distance. But it's only like wow. 20 feet, I think. So he's hurt, but he'll be okay. Yeah. Maybe he'll show up again, torture Joey some more. Wow. <laughs> I There's so much of that that I did not see coming. Like, you right? started that with the, like, so, so. Okay, like, it's a gang that's into yo-yos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've heard it before. Uh Holy shit, though. <laughs> I, I'm a little disappointed that Joey didn't put on the Millennium Puzzle and become the Pharaoh because I think that would have been really cool. But using it as a defense weapon, wh- like how, what, who thinks of that? It's like Iron Man taking Cap's shield. Yeah. Yeah. It's a real heroic moment. Spinning the Millennium Puzzle around like a yo-yo to deflect other yo-yos. It's like... I mean, I joked about Samwise Gamgee taking the ring. It's it's better than that. It's the moment in the in the movie, right? And I, I, it's been so long since I've read the book. I'm sure a similar moment is in the book, but I remember it being slightly different. Where uh, Sam and Frodo are like at uh, at uh, Mount Doom, and uh, they are like walking, and Frodo can't go anymore. And spoilers for Lord of the Rings. Uh, Sam says, I can't carry the ring, but I can carry you. And he carries Frodo up the rest of the way. That's what Joey is doing for Yugi. He can't take the Millennium Puzzle. He can't take the Spirit of the Pharaoh, but he can carry Yugi and use that Millennium Puzzle as a defense weapon. Holy shit. I can't carry the Millennium Puzzle, Frodo, but I can carry Yugi. Forget about it. (laughs) Wow. Wow. Um, so yeah, that's what I've been reading. How, okay. So how far are you now from the end? How many more issues until the end? Uh, I am just entered the home stretch. Um, Bakura just showed up. Oh, nice. And we've seen just a, just a one shot of Bakura in the, in the cartoon so far. Um, Yeah. That's awesome. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know anything about Bakura much. I never got that far. Oh, previously oh we are gonna learn some things about bakura my friend uh i know he's got a millennium item because in mm-hmm. the manga it's like embedded in his chest yep 
Yep. Is that also true in the it's anime? It's not. I don't think it's embedded in his chest. I thought chest. it was just I kind of dangling there. I think it's another necklace like the Millennium Puzzle, um, but it's it's a slightly different construction. Yeah. Uh, I, I know what it looks like. It's kind of like a like a dream catcher kind of yeah, deal. Yeah, it's like if you took that motif they did for Black Panther with the like the sort of pseudo necklace that was yeah, like the, the spikes. Parts. Um but made it yeah, like a dream catcher I think is 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 a really good uh reference point there with like obviously Egyptian imagery. Um yeah, Bakura is a creepy ass motherfucker. Uh and we're going to learn a lot more about him in the show. Uh, oh boy. Oh boy! Wow. Okay, I am still reeling, uh, but I think <laughs> it's time that we talk Madness. about the episode. Are you ready? Oh to yeah, the that? actual okay. point of this show let's, that we're doing. Let's do the thing that we want to do in this podcast. It's time to discuss the episode. I had to give it a little extra time there just to give myself time to recover. Jimmy, so I recapped the episode last week. Do you want to do a quick recap of episode seven, Attack from the Deep? I would love to. So this was Attack from the Deep, and Wow, can you guess what the motif is in this episode? It's water stuff. <laughs> what? Whoa! Anyway, so recently after beating my... Uh, Your what? Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> That's not going to get old. <laughs> um, anyway, they realized they came to this island without bringing any food. Yeah, which, which is kind of a bad idea. But also, I had forgotten about it, and I feel like if they hadn't brought it up, I wouldn't have been sad. Anyway, go on. Yeah, I mean, they came here on the ferry, which is more like a cruise ship. Mm-hmm. So I assume they they had food there because it was, I don't know. I assume Pegasus would not be caught dead in a boat that didn't have like a five-star restaurant attached to it. That's what you get for assuming. Yeah, because they are starving. They haven't eaten anything in, I guess, a couple of episodes. So um, uh, Joey... Uh, once again, showing his incredible smelling powers, smells fish off in the distance. And they run over to the this cliff on the ocean side, and there's uh, a, a small campfire there with a couple of fish roasting in it. And uh, as an aside, these are the probably the grossest looking food I've ever seen in an anime. Because usually you see, it, you watch an anime, uh-huh. you watch like a Studio Ghibli film. Yeah, yeah, yeah like Spirited it, Away. It's absolutely magnificent, right. the food in there. It's just... It mouth-watering just looking at it these are not mouth-watering these look like some like deep sea horror fishes <laughs> they're like pitch black you can see like their ribs sticking out it the, looks like they've been over that fire for like a day yeah they look charred yeah. but they're like hey free fish because it's just sitting out there right but they run up and like start pilfering this these fish on this campfire and this dude jumps out and he's like, Hey, those are my fish because obviously no one just leaves fish sitting around a campfire for people to take. (laughs) Not on duelist kingdom. Not on duelist kingdom. Uh, so you want to tell us this guy's name? Oh my God. Then we meet up from the depths, Mako Tsunami. And I feel like this entire episode was just a lengthy excuse by the writers to make fish puns because I'm just, we don't need to go into details, but there's a lot of there's fish so and water fish puns, puns yeah. just involved. Yeah. So he's like, hey, don't eat my fish. And they're like, sorry. And he's like, wait a minute, you're Yugi, literally the only person who's ever beaten Kaiba in a duel. I want to beat you in a duel. 
let's duel. And they're like, okay. And so this dual platform rises out of the ocean behind him. Um, I'm not entirely sure how these high-tech electronics work after being submerged in seawater. Yeah, and uh, yeah, uh, go on. I, I have thoughts about this, but th- they can wait. <laughs> yeah, anyway, it's a, a special platform where one side is the, the, the land is all ocean type and the other is all wasteland. Uh, or was I think it just, just land? Just land in general. It. Yeah, it's it's not explained. So they start dueling, and he's obviously all f- fish and water themed. So he plays um, all these like giant fish monster cards. And the thing about water type cards is that they're underwater, and so you can't see them. So they have an advantage when attacking things on the land. Yep. And they can't get attacked. I'm, tr- I'm trying to remember this because my brain is just crammed full of it, yo-yo nonsense it's, now. It's another new rule that's like because he is playing creatures that are naturally underwater, they are on the field but hidden. So kind of like playing a card face down but different somehow, and it's not really made clear how. Yeah, again, it's like basic RTS rules. You've got your ground units your flying units, and now water units where they're right. underwater. Right. What happens next? I forget, actually. Uh, so Yugi starts summoning uh, a land-based creatures. He's got a couple, like, imps that he summons. Oh, yeah. He keeps bringing out the imps. They keep getting eaten by a kraken. Yep. Yeah, literally torn apart by a kraken, and there's a great... Uh, what's that sound effect that you really liked? Oh, it was like some weird scream. Yeah, it was like a weird, like canned sound effect scream, but it was like a. I know I've heard it before it's somewhere. Like a video game Wilhelm scream. It was like a. <laughs> that, that was exactly it. You can probably find it and download it somewhere. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, um, eventually he brings out this giant. Um, I forget the name of the the monster, but it's basically a big sea serpent that causes a tidal wave. And wipes out all of Yugi's land and turns it into uh, ocean, except for this little patch of land. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I forget the name of the monster. It has a Japanese name, but the Japanese title of this episode is Sea God Leviathan. So we can assume that this monster is translated to Sea God Leviathan. Yeah, but um, anyway, Yugi is out of moves except for this little tiny island. So he, um, oh, and earlier he brought out the moon card. There it is. Yep. Um, he, played, which, he played. Oh yeah. He because he had this that wolf, wolf moon literally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he played three wolf moon the card. Uh, which was a uh, silver fang wolf and a, I forget the name of the card, but yeah, essentially the full moon, which gave the silver fang wolf like extra power. And yeah, it gave gave it an additional like field power bonus or something. Um, and it, it cracked me up. The, uh, the moon card didn't actually have art for it. It was just uh, like a picture of the moon. Yeah, like a photograph. There was a photograph of the, the actual moon in this like anime world, which was kind of jarring, but whatever. It's just the moon. So, um, yeah, it's just the moon, Jimmy. <laughs> Come on. Calm down. Jimmy, it's just the moon. Would you, just Jimmy, the would moon. you calm down? It's just the moon. Oh, I just can't stop Jimmy, thinking calm about down. the moon. It's just the moon. I've been playing Kerbal Space Program for four weeks straight, <laughs> thinking about the moon. Oh, man. I love, I love, I love the moon, Tyler. Got to get to the moon. Anyway. You like that, uh, like that Quiznos commercial. <laughs> uh, anyway. Speaking of the moon, <laughs> um, Yugi plays. Uh, Stone Knight, I believe it was. Uh, yes. So or the, Rock Knight. the 
Wolf is obliterated by the Kraken. Nothing yeah. can stop this Kraken. The Sorry, Seagull Yugi. Leviathan is pulled in, and he only has one space of land left. So he uses that space to play the Stone Giant. And um, before we get into does the, what it the climax the of the, yeah. the episode, yeah. um, we should mention that uh, Mako Tsunami has this whole monologue about uh, his dad and how he grew up on a, a fishing boat. And he and his dad were out on the sea and how much he loves the sea, except for one day when uh, there was a huge storm and his dad lashed him to the, the mast of their fishing boat. And then this huge wave hit and he blacked out. And when he woke up, he was alone on the boat and it was, had run ashore and his dad was nowhere to be found. But except the, uh, the lifeboat was missing. Yep. So his dream is to... Uh, beat the tournament so we can get the prize money and buy a new boat because I guess the old one was got, wrecked. Got wrecked, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. And uh, sail the seas to find his dad. Which is a good story. Which is a good tragic like backstory. It. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, there's a nice so bonding you... moment where Yugi's like, oh, you're fighting for your family too. Yep. I'm fighting for my grandpa. He doesn't go into like the... The they don't do a recap. Thank Christ. <laughs> he, it's just. I feel like it would be important. Oh yeah, the guy who like is organizing this tournament stole my grandpa's soul and has it in the VHS tape. I yeah. See, I feel like if Yugi started every duel that way, they'd just be like, "Oh, it's fine. It's cool. <laughs> Let's just yeah, you take a chip. It's cool. I'll get another one elsewhere. It's fine." <laughs> Jeez, dude, you want more chips here? Take all of my chips. Like, that seems start pretty important. With the Pegasus stole my grandfather's soul. Like. I didn't know this was a hostage situation. Literally everyone is cheating in this game or trying to find a way to like play in an, with an unfair advantage. Like that's your unfair advantage. You can use that. It's fine. Anyway, but anyway back to the moon. Stone Giant. Yeah. Uh, he commands Stone Giant to it. Anyway, um, Mako's three like sea monsters are like all swimming at Yugi and next turn they're going to attack and completely wipe them out. Yep. So Yugi instructs Stone Giant to attack and kill the moon. Yep, because which the is a still thing you can do. Yeah, the by the way, the moon has been floating up like twenty feet above the battlefield this whole time. Literally so, hasn't been shown once. Yeah, so the knight just takes its store his sword and stabs the moon, and the moon explodes. Yep, and um, all the parts of the moon rain down, and Mako's like, "Wow, oh, what's happening?" And there's like an earthquake, but because Yugi destroyed the moon, uh, the tides are going out. Yep. And so all the ocean tiles disappear, and all the sea creatures are left high and dry, like dying on land. Because they have to be underwater in order to They have to, to be underwater. Be played, I guess? I don't know. And Yugi plays a fire card and just wipes the whole team out, and he wins. Yep. Yep. It's a one-hit kill uh, to Mako, and he wins the duel. That's basically it. That's basically it. They're friends at the end. Mako yeah. recognizes that he's been bested by a better duelist, and and Yugi's like, hey, that was really good. Like, you're a really good duelist. We should do this again sometime. Um, and Notably, this is the first duel we've seen on this island where uh -huh. the guy that they're dueling isn't a huge piece of crap. Right. He doesn't yeah. cheat. He's using, like, tactical advantages, but that's not cheating. He's a nice guy, and they're friends at the end. Like, they're, they both acknowledge they're just there playing a card game. Yeah. There's a really great moment at the very end of the show, or of this episode, rather, 
where uh, Mako is like getting ready to leave, and he's like gonna wait there for more duelists to come so he can still get that water advantage. Oh yeah, uh, the whole fish thing was just a ruse to get more duelists yeah, to show literally up. Literally a trap. But I feel like he could have just walked around the island and found duelists that way because it's not like they're hiding and he has to flush them out. Everyone's yep. there to have duels. He, you know, he must have seen uh, what Weevil was doing. It was like, ah, trap. There we go. That's what I'll do. I guess it makes sense because that he gets to keep his uh, field power bonus. I mean, yeah. I, I don't know. Anyway, so he starts going off to go fishing again. Uh, and Taya has this really good, like, oh, I really liked him. <laughs> like, he was nice. We should hang out with him. <laughs> but nobody listens to her. <laughs> yeah, she's been kind of staring at him the whole time. This, like, buff, shirtless, tanned dude who's, like, glistening wet. That's true, but she's never like, he's cute. Ooh, I no. want to touch his wet body. <laughs> uh, no, she's genuinely just like, he seems cool to he hang out He was the only with. person we've met who isn't complete garbage. Yeah, including some of the people who are traveling with them yeah. presently. Like, you know, Joey and Tristan have their moments. Uh, but yeah, and then, and then the episode ends and they kind of all part separate ways. And somehow, even though there was enough food for all of them, supposedly, uh, like Tristan and fish. Joey are still, uh, are, are, are still hungry. So they're going to go find more food, I guess. So the whole episode was them looking for food. And then I guess that's continuing on to the next episode. Looking for food in all the wrong places. Uh, yeah. End of episode. End of episode. Oh, Jesus. (laughs) What the fuck? Okay. I had to get in one terrible fish pun. I'm not mad. Just disappointed that I didn't think of it first. (laughs) Uh, Jimmy, what was your highlight of this episode? Uh, my highlight was, um, again, I like the field power bonus, but I like, uh, that Mako Tsunami wasn't, um, an annoying character. Yeah. He was like actually nice and sportsmanlike and was just there to win some money and find his dad. Yeah. Unlike uh, unlike like Weevil or Mai or any of these other characters who are like in it like for ulterior motives. Mm-hmm. He's just a simple guy trying to get a fishing boat. Yeah. He's not there to cheat. No, he's just a random guy. He's just there to he's just there to yeah. duel, dueling for his dad. Uh, what was your favorite? <laughs> my favorite was Mako, absolutely, uh, for a variety of reasons, uh, which I will outline for you now. Mako Tsunami is a is a fucking gem in this show because he uh, <laughs> he carries himself with this like bravado that's very. Uh, like old timey action hero, right? Like he introduces yeah. himself with a ha. My name's Mako Tsunami. I'm the ocean duelist. Ching, and he likes so, like sh- glistens in the sun. Uh, and and everything he does, he goes. Ah, uh, now I will play the great white, and my shark will lead the battle. Uh, and it's very like. Uh, I know. I know you haven't played uh, Breath of the Wild, but you've seen it, right? Yeah. It's very much like Prince Sidon of, of the Rudo, who's the the big red fish guy that everyone oh, uh-huh. ships Link with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's very much in that vein where everything's just like over the top, and and he's he's so you know just happy to be there and on an adventure in the seas. Um, reason number two is that he is super fucking horny for the ocean. 
Oh, uh, yeah. He, like, okay, we get it, Moby Dick. He, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. He's real into the sea and will not shut up about how he was raised on the sea. And how much loves he loves the, the sea, sea and how it's and like. fears the sea. It's so mysterious and cool and you have to respect it because it'll, like, turn on you the next second. And you can just. You can, uh, oh, sorry, Lauren just texted me. She can hear me. Sidon is Azora, not Arudo. Thank you, Lauren. Uh, before we that get emails, very important. hold your emails, everybody. Uh, Prince Sidon is Azora, not Arudo. I misspoke. I apologize. Yeah, Arudo is bird people. Yeah. At least I got the game right. At least I wasn't <laughs> fucking like, oh, yeah, he's, uh, you know, Prince Sidon from the Mushroom Kingdom. <laughs> you know, you know, Prince Sidon, the Koopa. Uh, King of the bloopers. <laughs> um, anyway, yeah, Mako Tsunami is super horny for the ocean. Uh, third, and I'll let this be my, my final reason, because we already talked about his tragic backstory, I think Mako might be Jesus? I think Mako might be Jesus. You went into this as we were watching it. So Mako comes up from the ocean, uh, and he introduces himself, and there's this cute moment between him and Teo where he has an octopus on his head, and he throws the octopus back into the ocean, and at the the fire that he later reveals to be a trap, there are three fish that look to be, I mean, with the amount of meat on them, like we mentioned earlier, like they don't look good. They're like mostly bones. There's nothing there. And they're like go to town on them, like, like I think, eating them like bones and all it looked like. I think one of us could maybe eat all three of those fish as like one meal was how they looked. They were a scrawny little fish. But like, going back to Zelda, if you caught a, f- a fish like that in that game, you'd throw it back. Yeah, like, there'd be no point. And in real life, I think, if you caught a f- Yeah, like, you know, the most I awful, mean, yeah. horrible little things. It, no, so there's really no point to having just one fish. But there's a scene where they all sit down after they realize, oh, okay, we can all be friendly here. And uh, we see Tristan and Joey each biting into a fish. We don't see anyone else eat. I think we maybe see Mako take a bite. But then it, it sort of fades to black. I think there's a commercial break, and it comes back, and everyone goes, "Ah, oh, that was great. There was so much food. That was that was lovely. Thank you, Mako." <laughs> I think, I think he pulled a like sermon on the mount and split the fish and made enough for five people to eat fully. I, yeah, unless like in the commercial break he like jumped back in and got like another dozen fish or something maybe. i mean this also brings up like more questions like where are they getting their drinking water from did they eat anything else with the fish like where do they go to the bathroom where do they go to the bathroom none of these questions are answered but that's not important what i think is important is that mako might be jesus maybe maybe uh how about your worst uh, i loved it at the same time uh-huh but stabbing the moon to get rid of the oceans where the hell did you get see, the that idea was, that that would even work? See, that was the runner-up for my favorite, because that's <laughs> so ridiculous. And, uh, yeah, anyway. Like, no, this is your time. I'll let you talk. You, you've, you've got the moon card. It affects werewolves or whatever. Uh-huh. Sure, I can get behind that. But it's also, like, a part of the game board that, like, affects the oceans. Yeah. And I it f- didn't affect the oceans before when it came out onto the field. I feel but like... like, stabbing it with a sword uh-huh. causes it to explode, and then you can make all the oceans on the field go away. Yep. That's a reach. That's how that works. Uh, I feel like there was a scene that was cut out, or maybe we just missed or something, where they explained the moon's effects on the tide. Because they, they kind of just are like... They kind of just take it for granted that we know that that's going to be a thing that happens if the moon is somehow destroyed. 
Oh, I don't know about that. It's kind of played like a last minute, aha, this is my secret plan kind of deal. Sure, I guess in a way. Yeah. Yeah, I can see it. Yeah, it's uh, that's some Yu Gi Oh ass. uh, Yeah, it's like if I could, if that was in like an RPG or something, that would still be a little bit of a stretch. Like you'd have to really justify it. Uh huh. But in a card game, I don't know, man. Yeah. That's. It's still just a That's card. Just, it's, it's not too much text to put on a card. I think, like, oh, hey, by the way, if this card gets destroyed, which can happen by sword, uh, if there's ocean on the field, get rid of it. Yeah, I don't know. Does that mean the moon itself can also be like a a field that you play Yu-Gi-Oh on? Oh, damn! I hadn't considered that. Can you have space duels? Uh, definitively, yes, you can. But that's in a later series. Uh. But in this case, yeah, I don't know, because it is technically giving him a field bonus, so is it a field? I mean, you can stab it with a sword, so maybe not? Like, the whole point of all these arenas is that they give field power bonuses, so what's people like? What's stopping people from having, like, this field just turns everything mountains? Right. Nothing. This, this Everything's ocean now sorry yeah literally literally nothing i mean that's, that's i can bring out the, the moon the, the mako plays before is like the moon is affecting everything now that's, right that's it whoops uh-oh oops all moon <laughs> uh, oops all moon so do you think the moon has health points well it was stabbed so it was stabbed. i assume it has i i i honestly don't remember it's a was it a, a magic that brought it out because it, it was wasn't a, magic. a, a creature i think it was a, i think it was a field card so it'd be like a magic thing so I assume it has some kind of attack and defense. I, I ask because I really want that moment of Yugi playing the moon in defense mode. <laughs> oh, yeah. To get through me, to get at me, you have to go through the moon. That's no moon. Actually, it is. You activated my trap card. It's the moon. It's the moon. Ah, <laughs> oh, jeez. What's, what's your worst? Mako doesn't have nipples or a belly button. <laughs> huh. I, Sorry, did I think of that too quickly? <laughs> Have I been fixating on that? I uh, I honestly wasn't watching. I wasn't paying <laughs> really? attention to him really? that closely. You didn't, notice, you didn't notice that his whole front was just smooth? Maybe he's a Ken doll. <laughs> he's a Ken he's doll. A not, he's just an android. I mean, that, that would explain how he's so good at swimming, because you know that would make you more aerodynamic. Yeah, maybe he's neutrally buoyant. That wouldn't surprise me. That would not surprise me in the slightest. Um... But yeah, Miko doesn't have nipples or a belly button. And I <laughs> That's that your weird. worst part of this That's whole episode? That's my worst part of this whole episode. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. Okay. Uh, yeah, I couldn't uh, I couldn't get past it. I mean, you know, we live we live in the year of our Lord 2018. Uh, and in, in today's age, Mario has nipples. Uh, I feel like... A fair assessment. I feel like it would not have hurt this children's television show to just give this boy at least a belly button. You know? Just a just a little just a little, little belly button. You can you can start a a viral trending uh, movement. Hashtag show Mako's nipples. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I wonder how quickly I can get banned from Twitter <laughs> by photoshopping nipples onto Mako. Not like photorealistic ones, but just like just a little <laughs> like slightly browner circle. I feel like that would uh, take a, a lot of effort to get banned from Twitter for something like that. Yeah, it's pretty innocuous. Anyway, I don't I don't know why it bugs me. I'm sorry. 
Anyway, my second worst is uh, those fish because they were nasty. Oh, yeah, they were nasty. Uh, Lauren's texting me from the other room. Maybe he's wearing a skin-colored wetsuit, which I feel like is a valid point. He could be wearing a skin-colored wetsuit. I hadn't I, considered that. I feel like if he was wearing a wetsuit, he'd look a lot more blubbery. Also, oh, that's, well, I mean, maybe could, he's a pretty fit dude. Like, Mako's jacked. I mean, yeah, he is, but even if you're jacked, uh, wetsuits don't, like, cling to you like that. That's true. That's true. And I don't know that he would wear... Uh, uh, jean shorts over <laughs> over a wetsuit. That's my other worst part here is this boy comes up out of the ocean and is like ready to go and is wearing jean shorts. That That'd be do so not uncomfortable. That would be the worst feeling in the world. Don't you just love it wearing when, when your jeans get wet? What if you just wore that all the time? Just all just the time. Jump right into the water. Let's Who just cares? Sit in these wet jean shorts and then have a duel in these wet jean shorts. <laughs> just sitting there chafing as you play this card game. <laughs> yeah, Mako's problematic, but he might be Jesus. Uh, yeah. Uh, do you have any anything else you can think of for this episode? Um, I know I'm I'm really excited. Episode eight. The next episode is uh, Everything's Relative. Uh, in which we uh, will meet Mokuba, I believe, uh, uh, Kaiba's little brother. Uh, so I'm very excited for that. Yeah, last time I saw him was in the manga threatening cu- to cut Yugi's fingers off with a knife. Yeah, and I don't think that's going to happen because uh, there's Darn. very little cutting fingers off with knives in this good, good television show. I will choose to children. believe that it is canonically uh, a precursor to this show. Ah, uh, okay. So when when Yugi sees Mokuba for the first time, he's gonna be like, "Ah, oh, it's oh, it's this kid that I drew, I, I like banished to this hell realm where where he thought he was inside a giant capsule for however long until he got better, and then he threatened to cut my fingers off with a knife." Yep. Yeah, that sounds like the start of a good friendship. Sure. <laughs> uh, cool. Well. Uh, Looking forward to that next week. Uh, if there's nothing else, then I believe it is... It's time! To uh, 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 end the episode. Do you have any final thoughts? No, that was it. That's why I said it was time to end the episode. Oh, I was going to just remind everyone, don't point yo-yos at people's faces. Aim them at the ground. Or you can think about that in the hospital. <laughs> Thanks, Jimmy. Thanks, everybody. Uh, We will see you next week. Bye-bye.